Lyrics of the Hub, your fan cast, brought to you by TV Series Hub. Welcome back, Nerks. I am your host, Kelsey, and I am joined by fellow Nerk, Alex. Hello, hello. And we are really excited for our guest today from the Orville editor and now co-producer, Tom Casasino. Thank you for coming on, Tom. Hello. Tom has edited on some of the biggest shows on TV, Bull, uh, 911, The Orville, obviously, American Ninja Warrior, the first season of Survivor, yep. and then last season became a co- We are really excited to talk to you. We Hello. appreciate you spending the time. So, so last, uh, I'd love to start with this. When I last looked on your Twitter, you had exactly 4,400 followers. Is that a coincidence, or do you maybe have some people in the background to take care of to get that number? Because as no, far as no, sci-fi just, goes, that's a just, great it number. It got frozen at 4,400 for like a week. I don't know how the heck that happened. Now it's, I think it's like 4,428. You know, <laughs> I'm learning a lot about Twitter, like waivers, 10 up, 10 down. People randomly show up and then disappear. But uh, it's, it's a Gestaltian thing of how it slowly moves upward. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, have, I have the super fans. That's kind of what I have. So that's... That's that's that we have a very concentrated group of friendlies. Which I like. well, I'm, I'm sure they'll appreciate our 4400 reference then. Yeah, exactly. Yes, I know. I was like, oh, that's interesting. But no, there is not a there's not a correlation <laughs> except for Twitter analytics. Not, well, a, not I, a cabal back there. I have to say, I really love how active you are on Twitter. Um, I've been following you since the onset of the Orville. And it's been amazing to get, you know, a behind-the-scenes look at what I think is going to become a classic and iconic oh, science fiction series for the whole you. generation. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, you, got, you got your check then. That's great. Thank yeah. you for saying all that. Well, let's start with what inspired you to take your Orville journey to social media specifically? Well, there's actually is a story behind that. So ironically, I was just doing it. Um, I had not been on Twitter before. I don't remember who said I should get on Twitter I mean, I was on Twitter or I, 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 it was actually the, I think it was the podcast guys, the, the, you know, who, who are under my wing, the, the planetary union who I'm advisor to, and I call them the official podcast, but they, it, they're, they, they're really more than a podcast. Like the podcasting is a very small part. I'm like you guys who do like, like podcasting is a big part. They're really my partners in like crime in terms of like helping with spoilers, you know, this Joe and Maddie and, uh, his, uh, his, his wife, Megan, um, and uh, sometimes Michael May, they're, they're just help. They help, you know, with the contest and fans and being able to like if I if I can't see something, they'll uh, they'll 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 bring my attention to it. You know, if someone like is calling out randomly into the ether looking for David Goodman, you know, they'll try <laughs> and get him hooked up with me or something. Um, but they, they reached out to me a long time ago and then I started getting active on Twitter uh, and started realizing I can enjoy it and sure social stuff. And then actually sometime last year uh, you know joy seth's manager joy fahili and seth sort of had me start advising on the official socials so it, it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a small it was a minorly small paying job but it's really more of a labor of love because i'm just i'm a huge fanboy myself and know the genre so it just sort of made sense but some of the some of the cheekier stuff that came out of the Fox socials were me rewriting them. <laughs> um, I love that. So yeah, so I still do the job, and then it's like kind of like there's some marketing stuff. We have a great marketing person here, you know, because we have toys and other things coming out, and I, I just Ooh. you know I just got dressed. It's just you know we're all a big family here, so like you know it's just like it just fall, helping out with Comic Con and other stuff like this just sort of falls into my lap, and so that's how that happened. It was, it was pretty organic. Long, long answer for a short story. <laughs> well, that's great. So I want to ask you, I guess, to, to sort of 
kick off with the, the Orville is super different. <laughs> it walks this very razor edge line between, you know, the humor and these really incredibly deep, uh, well-treated stories, issues like gender and consent and cultural relativism and these really touching, like very sensitively addressed stories. And then like a joke about how a gelatinous alien would have sex. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it works somehow. It's crazy though. Yeah. So I am curious how you first heard about the show, how it was described to you and what your like sort of gut reaction was to the idea of it. Well, when I heard of, when I heard anything related to sci-fi and, or sort of, you know, I was immediately excited. And then, you know, they had me at, at Seth MacFarlane. And strangely enough, like, I watched Family Guy. But, like, you know, where he really got me was the Blue Harvest stuff and all the next generation things. Like, that's where I really enjoyed Seth's work. And, you know, I like Ted and other stuff. But it didn't come from Family Guy. It came from his love of, of space. And then I happened to work on a show called Heroes Reborn. And someone yes. who worked there recommended me here. And uh, next thing I know, I'm in a, having an interview with Favreau and, and Seth, and somehow I got the job. And, you know, I just happen to be a fanboy who edits, so it's great. <laughs> you know, that's that's <laughs> how that happened. And then, look, it got described to, you know, we had the luxury of seeing all the scripts, or at least the, most of the scripts for the first season. So we knew where the show was going and what it was going to evolve to. So... It was an equal interesting, tough journey for us when it when when it got pigeonholed as Family Guy in space, both before and after because of the marketing. That was a tricky thing because none of us knew that that's what it was. So we had to wait for the audience and the episode order to catch up to what we were actually trying to do. Speaking of the scripts, how much, if any, of what you actually do as an editor is in the script? Well, you know, we have amazing writers. I mean, Seth writes a lot of it himself. And then we have Brandon, and we have David Goodman, and we have Cherry. I mean, the, we have Andre Bormanis. We have a great writing team. Um, when we're back here, elevating the story, or like, you know, in the case of uh, Identity Part 2, taking a two-minute battle and making it seven minutes, uh, uh, cutting some things down for uh, narrative clarity, that's that's what happens back here. I mean, there's little things that are... You know, and I've said this before that that are directly attributed to either editorial to me. Like I ended up coming up with Isaac Voice. I named oh, really? a happy. I, I named a happy refrain because <laughs> I didn't have a name. <laughs> so like, there's things that random things that I'm in, I'm involved in. But but the writing comes from the mind of Seth and his great writers, um, and we're here to just make it shine. So for you, what has been the hard? Because again, it it when when it's when someone just describes the idea, and like you said, Family Guy in space, or which is not at all. I mean, it sounds like it almost shouldn't work, but it does. I mean, it's yeah. such it's such a unique show. It really has such a a really beautiful family story amidst all the fart jokes, but it works. <laughs> and so I'm wondering, though, you know when you're hearing and they're sending you like stuff and you're going to edit, what has been the thing that for you were like, we're not going to hit this. And then it knocked it out of the park. Oh, I, well, you mean like the, that? I didn't think it was going to work. Yeah. I always thought it was going to work. I, I knew that I knew, oh God, I'm trying to think probably we did episode two second, you know, which ended up being the fourth episode because the network was afraid about airing. And it turned out to be one of the best episodes that the star should appear. I knew, you know, I knew about the whole Topa, you know, thing and the baby stuff. And I knew that the show was going to take on darker themes. So I was more waiting for other people to catch up. 
the first super organic jokes came within the first couple of episodes. So, and I kind of, I kind of also felt like that's in the best traditions of most sci-fi that the, that the character comedy comes from people's personalities. And, and I think Seth wanted, you know, also knew that's where it came from, but he, he also probably felt that people weren't going to accept him as a great sci-fi auteur that he'd have to slowly see change the audience as well. So it was more like I never I never was worried. I was more worried about people catching up to us than us being able to take the show where it should go. And then, you know, eventually by the middle of the season, we were starting to real find a balance. And then season two, we were good. And season three even takes it even further. So, I mean, I worry there's lots of things that I here's the thing I always say. We have a, a joke here is like I never worry about the show, like the show the <laughs> episodes that you get to watch. That's always going to be great. I worry about the show. Like here, like us surviving, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so you know the ambitions of it all and that. But you know, it's we 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 always make it. So yeah, well, I mean, it is very ambitious. It looks, I, I mean, the effects and everything look like a movie. You know, every uh -huh. it's it's beautifully visual. Thank um, you. It's it's That's... really incredible. But you know, <laughs> the stuff with with the baby and the Mocklins and, and everything to me that was that episode changed everything for me with the show oh, because it was great. like at the beginning i was like oh this is gonna be weird and they're gonna make uh, some terrible jokes and now by the end you're like wow that was <laughs> i mean it was just beautifully it i just want to say beautifully addressed uh, you know in this very sensitive way it, it's really incredible you guys well, do you know i don't know if you remember i mean you, you're a little you're both a little younger than me but um back in a time when they used to give uh people a second to you know, both viewers and and uh, show creators a second to to find their voice and to fine tune yeah. things. Now it's gone to a place where it's like if you're not good by the third episode, sometimes you get taken yeah. out back and shot. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, if anybody remembers the Seinfeld pilot, I've used that example before. Go watch the Seinfeld Chronicles, and yeah. uh, you'll, you'll you know we'll see how this theory works out. You know, what about Encounter at Farpoint? Yeah, there's a yeah. lot that are, yeah. I, 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 you know, the, the roots are there, but it's like, it just takes time to, you know, it's, no, it's a living organism, so it takes time. And as long as you have faith in your creators, which obviously we have immense, a creator, the creator, um, the big guy, uh, we're good. This podcast is brought to you by TVSeriesHub.TV, your site for entertainment news, reviews, and interviews. Now back to the show. Going back to your role as an editor in the yeah. post-processing department, um, do you have any involvement with the set or the set production? Are you privy to knowing how long it takes them to apply some of their alien makeups? I know there was that one episode where they had like a dozen alien makeups. And one thing that always fascinates me about you know the extreme character makeups, particularly in the Orville, is how the application always ends up looking the exact same. So what I'm trying to ask is, yeah. is part of that makeup application, is, is editing involved in it to make it look the same every time? Or no. are these artists just so talented that they we keep have We have super talented artists. Right now, actually, in a room not too far from me, a lot of stuff from season three is being designed. And out over there, it's being built, um, which obviously I can't show you. I'd love to, but cannot. But <laughs> no, I mean, K&B effects did the effects in season two. Uh, you know, we may have, you know, there's, we may have some other people also involved in season three, but, you know, Howard Berger and those guys have done have everything you've seen up to that point have done 
the effects and they're, they're just, they're just super goddamn professional. And, you know, Bordis looks, you know, great every time, you know, it becomes a routine. It could take a couple hours to get the Bordis makeup on, but do we have to enhance things with visual effects, which is, you know, my department, maybe I'm not physically doing it, but you know, I'm involved in it. Um, that's Brooke and Brandon. It's yes, there, there's, you know, we're things are done at such a high level. Now there are times where we need to enhance stuff or, Every once in a while, maybe Bordis's lips need a right. tonal adjustment, but ninety-eight percent of it is practical. But, you know, <laughs> but we just live in a world where VFX and post is does a lot of the cleanup and um, you know enhancement. It's just part of the way things are now. You know, you don't like something, fix it in post, uh, and that may be changing a floor or adding a wall or or putting you know eyes that didn't blink before and a character that needs to blink. You know, it's. It runs the gamut. It can even be like hair flyaways. You know, it's like really I wish life was like that. Yeah, but you know, well, it's also expensive, <laughs> yeah. time consuming. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, VFX is involved and post is involved in every step of the process. But I don't want it to take away from our incredibly talented other departments. They they do miraculous work. But some things, you know, some things just need to be done after the after the footage is shot. So, I'm wondering if you can talk just a little bit about your job as editor and how it differs on a show like the Orville from something like doing the first season of survivor and how, how that oh. works. Well, it's, I mean, you know, we're, it's an unscripted to scripted thing. So there's a little bit of philosophical difference. I mean, all editing is effectively the same. I mean, you know, the one thing that's really good about the Orville is, is that we do try and stick close to the scripts but the amount of work that being done in a show like the Orville is just massive. I mean, we shoot we shoot tons of footage. There's lots of performance choices. You know, the visual effects are complicated. You know, we, we're probably going to average 600 plus shots per episode. You know, if you multiply that times three, that's the feature level amount of effects. So it, it differs in the sense that it's 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 a lot of bigger production scale. But the but the creating and arcing of characters and um, tracking people's quote unquote emotional journeys and all that other. Uh, editorial slash creative jargon is all the same. You know, we're building performances, we're building right. characters. It's, um, you know, I mean, we go rogue sometimes, you know. <laughs> I mean, we have to like, go off the script and change stuff and, you know, try and build build moments in the room. But it's, uh, yeah, edit, 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 it's all storytelling. So in the end, the core process of how I would build the scene is the same here as it would be on some even something like Survivor or, or you know, like, I don't know, uh, 911. So as an editor, um, how much creative freedom are you allowed in your decisions uh, to get the final say on how something's going to look? Who gets that final say? Oh, well, Seth. Seth. Uh, but, that's, but that's what you want in a, in a show of this complexity and also like he, you know, he's an auteur. And I mean that in the complimentary sense. You know, he acts, he's, it's, a, it's like he's a film director working in television. So it's like. You know, and we also have the the lovely, amazing, you know, director EP John Kassar, who who fits right in like a glove, and also knows Seth's taste. And I guess you know me, Brandon, and Brooke and Post know Seth's taste. So it's you know we're like one big happy family, sort of moving towards his vision. But uh, he's um, he you know we're lucky enough that the networks you know first Fox now Hulu don't really interfere with the scripts or the editorial process. Or, you know, it's it's his baby. So it it's it's a unique it's unique in that sense that we don't have a lot of cooks in our kitchen. <laughs> They're all internal cooks. So does that answer the question? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Thank you. Moving to Hulu, 
Mm-hmm. Um, without giving, we're not going to ask spoilers or anything. Can you tell us a little bit about what has been different getting the show ready for that versus Fox? Because I know that the Fox CEO had mentioned like that the platform can handle the schedule appropriate for the show, and I was like unsure what exactly that means. Uh, it it means that like you know Fox shows like to, to ha- you know they, it's hard for them to plan. Uh, a 2020 airing in a 2019 season it's more of a business standpoint you know i always said we're, we shoot like a streaming show we edit like a streaming show we post like a streaming show you know we're we're a large-scale show that that puts all of the blood and guts on the screen metaphorically not for real i'm not saying yeah, I'm, yeah. so it's fox has been really understanding but like this allows them to you know if we need to drop at a different time we can drop at a different time it just it just allows the show to for lack of a better word be bigger without everyone trying to survive the show being bigger (laughs) kind of thing and it's all it's all friendly you know i mean there was there's no i mean i've seen the you know i read everything you know like the (laughs) conspiracy theories that we were dropped and blah 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 and it was nothing like that i mean we were tacitly greenlit months ago but you know it just takes a lot television in this day and age is very complicated to make if you want it to be good, yeah. So that's so that's just the trick. So yeah, that's what that's what they mean by that. And and creatively, there'll be some more freedom. You know, we don't we have lesser of a time constraints. We don't have to hit forty three forty or forty eight ten necessarily anymore. Which oh, that's true. So that's that's the biggest factor is is that you're cutting for story, not to hit a marked time. A uh, quick quick follow up on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hulu has a ad supported version and a non ad supported version. So, are you saying that this um, new season is just going to be commercial free? It'll be commercial. I mean, as far I look, I'm not 100 percent sure. I think it'll be commercial free if you pay for the non commercial version. But what you won't, which what you won't get is you won't. You know, network is like you got to fit it into an hour, and they have 17 minutes and 20 seconds of commercials yeah. and and promos. So all you got left for content time is forty three forty. Right. That includes your credits and everything else. You know, there there's strict TRTs. There's no strict TRTs in, you know, HBO. I mean, HBO. No, not even HBO. But like Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, Disney Plus. Name them all. There's no strict <laughs> TRTs. Um, so that's kind of what we're we're talking about. I mean, and, and what I do know about is Hulu, Hulu is Hulu and Disney and all these people that they're going to make sure as many people on planet Earth see this stuff. So, you know, I don't, I can't say I'm not even sure of some of it, but for those worried about not seeing the show, they might be fine by the time we actually make it to dropping. Thank you so much, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, and yeah, good luck putting out all your fires. Thanks for listening to another Nurks podcast. Rate us, leave us a review on iTunes, and follow us on Twitter at Nurks of the Hub. And let us know what you think. 